What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boozy Bros. Pio Kino here, as every week, with my homie, Mikel Garcia. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another fantastic episode. I hope you guys have a lot of fun tonight. We got something very, very uh, musical client tonight. Yeah. That's right. We've got my homie all the way from Macau. Please welcome our guest, Mr. JRD. Welcome to the pod, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How y'all doing? Doing good, doing good, man. Um, so as we start off the recording or as we start off this episode, we're just going to do what we always do at the start of the pod. And we're going to go around the table and just, you know, check in on what everyone's drinking. JR, as our special guest, let's start with you. So I have uh, my old reliable uh, Negroni um, uh, in my hand. So it's just gin, Campari, and um, a bit of Martini Rosso. My favorite drink always gets me where I have I have to be. Nice, nice. How about you, Mix? Oh well, uh, f- uh, courtesy of our fantastic sponsor, I've got a uh, um, a little bit of a little bit of uh, drink in my cup tonight. Um, I've got a uh, I mixed up a bit of uh, the Crow's rum. Nice. And uh, mixed it up with a little bit of that. They were they were suggesting uh, the Krabby's ginger beer, right? Hey. Um, I used the regular one because uh, you got the raspberry. The raspberry, one. that's yeah. right, that's right. So and so, what I did with this one is I'm I've never really been too much of a fan of like ginger ale, that no. But so when I tossed, what I did was I tossed in a bit of uh, strawberry syrup. Hey, that's and, nice. Yeah, and I've got a bunch of, and I just. Threw in some some cherries in here, so yeah, it's got oh. some fruity fruity kick to it. And wow, does it still pack a punch? That crow's rum really takes up, really hits you, man. That forty percent really yeah. kicked your ass, doesn't it? Thank you, La Bodega, man. Woo. <laughs> As for me, I'm taking something out of their Izakaya set. I've got myself a beautiful ice cold bottle of Sapporo Premium Beer, all the way from Japan. Love the crisp taste, nice and flavorful beer. And yeah, thank you, La Bodega. Cheers, boys, and let's have a good pod. Cheers. Cheers. Well, once again, JR, thank you again for joining us tonight. Um, before we go, uh, before we, you know, really kick everything off, uh, just for everyone listening out there, Say a little bit about yourself and like uh, what exactly you do and um, throw out your socials where they can find your music. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, as you mentioned, my name is JRD. Uh, I am a rapper slash musician. Um, that's actually my somehow full-time job right now. Um, but I do dabble in other things. Uh, if you want to listen to any of my music, you can just follow me on Instagram um, at whoisjrd. Everything's going to be there, my, my Spotify, my Apple Music, all of that good stuff. Nice, nice. So, um, well, we, you and I, we met like way, like, I think it was like 15 years ago or something, way back when we were kids in Macau. And, you know, music wasn't really that big of a hot scene in Macau at the time. Um, but how did you find, you know, like your inspiration and, you know, what made you become like engaged into becoming a musician so it's actually a funny story uh as a kid um my dad played guitar and drums so you know like like every kid 
your parents are your first idol. So my dad, I idolized the hell out of my dad. And, uh, you know, watching him play guitar and all that stuff. And I, I, and I asked him, like, is it a good idea to actually learn? And he said, you know, this is one thing that stuck is when you play music, you get girls. <laughs> and um, let's see, how many years have I been playing music? And the girl part is still not there. So, <laughs> so uh, well. I got screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, man. So you have, you know, quite a few tracks that that you've released and everything. Um, where do you draw your inspiration aside from obviously your dad and you know wanting to learn music? Um, what what made you really want to go, especially like going into rap? You know, like there there is like this wave of Filipino rap here in the Philippines, but you grew up mainly in Macau, right? So what was your, like, what got you into the whole rap culture and everything? So, um, believe it or not, it came from uh, a really dark time when I was, uh, I was into some substance that uh, I shouldn't have been messing with. And um, I just had a lot of things to say. Uh, I, wanted to, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a singer, believe it or not, and I can't sing for the life of me. I mean, if if you ask me at any moment, I will always say I'd rather drop all of my talents and just sing. But I can't sing. So what I did was I just started writing um, in a form of poetry, actually. So um, from singing, I don't know why I tried to do slam poetry type shit. <laughs> but, uh, so I just started writing and then I just started putting it on beats. And it went from there. Uh, since I was going through a lot, I just wanted to voice out what I was going through. And since nowadays, you know, like, it's hard to actually tell people what you're going through in a normal conversation. Um, It's easier when I'm alone and I I just say what I have to say on the track and that's it. That's that was my outlet. So that's I stuck with it, basically. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, a lot of I I know a lot of musicians do that where they put their emotions and they put their put what they want to say that they can't say in public in a normal setting, you know, in a good, in a normal way, they put it into their music. So like you're, you're following, you know, kind of what a lot of, a lot of the great yeah. musicians are doing. I mean, I know uh, like in, in a very, like, I know, I know um, musicians like Maroon 5 and, and Incubus and, and a lot of the rappers, especially are, are especially the older rappers, the, the nineties, style rappers because nowadays the rap the the rappers are, are a little different when it comes to what they what they want to say but um yeah like i i i can tell that that um at least from what you're saying is that you're following a lot a lot of very good methods at least in terms of coming out with some great music yeah but you know what's funny about what you said about um nowadays the music is kind of different yeah yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't want to use the word but it's different yeah yeah (laughs) Um, but uh one of the things uh in the beginning i actually thought that too i was like why are these people coming out with this and why are they Mm -hmm. charting but then i also realized in the 90s there was a ton of rappers who were like them just in a different way Mm -hmm. they they talk nothing but smack nothing that makes sense sometimes Mm-hmm. But they were around. They've always been around in, yeah. in a lot of genres, actually. It's just now it's shifting where before 
real lyrics and skills were um, what you needed to get up on the charts. But mm -hmm. and now it just shifted all uh, the other way around. So you know, like the people, mm. uh, the mainstream now wants all this easy listening mumbling. For, I don't know why it's easy listening because you can't understand it. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, I was gonna say. Yeah, but um, it's just people want that more now. People don't really mm -hmm. want to think too much, mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Also, you know, like um, our generation pretty much grew up on like Tupac, Biggie, and Eminem. Like these guys were great before we were mm -hmm. even, you know, like thinking about what the hell do these lyrics mean, right? And then it's it's funny. I uh, Jr. I don't know if you heard about this, but you know, all these like Gen Zs and um, like trying to cancel Eminem. Yeah, that's funny as hell. I I actually thought I was gonna bring that up actually because I really find that funny. But, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy because like you know like for us they I mean I guess it's it also has to do with how the you know um, political correctness and you know how the temperature of talking to people kind of changed throughout the years. Mm -hmm. But you know it like it's funny because the the lyrics that they chose to really criticize eminem about was one of the tamest things he's ever said yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, it 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 was it's not a great statement to say in general but in terms of eminem and all the other music that he's created i mean that was nothing mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean that whole portion of time where he was going by Slim Shady specifically. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's the most. It's it's. I like it. I really like it. I, I like his old stuff a lot, just oh, because yeah. you know, like we all have this. In, 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 what, how do you say this? This demons that you keep that you just want to mm -hmm. say. It. You don't necessarily want to do it, but you know, like nowadays, uh, it's funny how people try to promote um, freedom of speech more because mm -hmm. you know that's the thing. Right. But yet, but yet they suppress what you have to say. Like they, they, they mm -hmm. pick and choose what you can say. And um, yeah. I don't know, man. Like a lot of people have tried to cancel Eminem from the government, from from exactly. celebrities <laughs> that are huge, from people even back then. Like as mm -hmm. a kid, I remember my parents hating Eminem, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care. Mm -hmm. So it's like if there are people that you can never cancel. He would be one of them, unless um, you know, unless he does something overly crazy, like you know, rape, murder. Yeah, if he goes like out and kills somebody, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, killing would just add to his reputation. Probably, <laughs> yeah. I, for, but, I but, forgot, yeah. Yeah, but you know, like rape, <laughs> things like that. You uh, know, that 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 could probably work. Mm. But uh, other than that, he's one of the most incancelable. I, I don't know how. You yeah, know. that's yeah. not even a word. But he's that. If there's someone you can't cancel, that's Eminem, and he thrives. Sure. His whole his whole career is about that. Yeah, like, dude. I mean, just try to see like all the rappers who try to you know go at him with a diss track or something, and then he just comes right back. And yeah. I think that's something that's you know, I think this generation of rappers, like the new generation of rappers, don't get that. Like, mm -hmm. the you see, you see these people trying to you know level up or try to show that they're on that same level as someone like Eminem. I mean, look look at Machine Gun Kelly, right? He pretty much got destroyed by Eminem after releasing his diss track. And then, you know, now he kind of completely changed his genre of music. 
Yeah. <laughs> there was like memes about that, about him changing music because of Eminem. Yeah. But you know, because he 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 had his prime. Like you dissed Eminem, and he was the closest. To to be honest, out of all the rappers who ever tried to diss him, his was like hit hard. And I was like, shit, he he has a chance. Right. And then um, so all eyes on him after mm-hmm. Eminem dissed him back, because you know, no, a lot of people didn't know who Machine Gun Kelly was. Mm-hmm. And then he released this piece of shit of an album that I don't know what the hell was that album. Why was that even conceived? And that's why it just went downhill. Because if that record, that whole record was good, he was going to get a lot more following. But I think he basically lost following after that, including myself. Mm -hmm. It was weird because, I mean, I was talking to my brother about it since he does listen to, like, the newer age rap as well. But see, like, Eminem kept calling Machine Gun Kelly a mumble rapper. Mum, sorry, mumble rapper. It's but, so hard to say too. <laughs> mumble yeah, rapper. Yeah. But yeah, but so, like when you listen to his music, he actually isn't. He's one of those like you know fairly decent rappers that came up. Like you can kind of level him with like the Kendricks and some and some of those yeah, guys because yeah, like yeah, based of it on his flow, he he doesn't follow that like crappy mumble flow. Like yeah, he, he has, has his a, own he, flow, right? He has a chopper flow, I think, uh, yeah. where it feels like he raps fast, but it's not really because it's chopping. And right. Yeah, yeah. I actually really liked laced up, you know, those back in the day stuff, you know, like till I die. That was yeah, really yeah. Good. But but what's weird is uh, I'm pretty sure after all that Eminem beef, he did come out with a mumble track. Oh really? So it was <laughs> after that that he came out with a mumble track, which is even worse, <laughs> you know, like. It's he like basically myself. validated what Eminem had to say. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was probably actually in the works already. No. Yeah, probably. Because right. the the I think it was definitely a marketing scheme as well. Yeah. Because he had a whole album ready after that beef, and he's. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, it's nothing. Also, like even even people like Jim and Kelly, you know, like the even with his his mom tra- like albums and tracks, the. It's nothing also compared to some of the other newer rap when you were age rap. So like uh I mean Gucci Gang is a good <laughs> good yeah. song for that. I mean just like it's he's, he literally says two words the entire song. Yeah. It's just like that I, I was never a little pump fan. Um yeah. I, I like the track, but it, it goes more to the producer for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. That's what I mean. It's like those like there are like things like that that somehow blow up a little bit and it's just i don't know it gets confusing to me i'm I, I, like as a person who's never been like i've loved i liked rap but i've never been like as super into it i'm sure as you guys have but still like something like that just confuses the hell out of me of how how something like that would be good you know or blow yeah, up at all <laughs> exactly so uh, i i don't know I, I I've said it a lot in my music about mumble rap and all that stuff, but you know, like you can you can say it until you're purple and nobody's gonna listen. So, uh, <laughs> you, just, you know, I, I, you just let it be. You know, uh, at one point, like what J Cole said, you know, like if you rap with substance and skills, that shit is um age like there's it won't age. It will age well actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But these uh these two minute trap rappers, uh, they're just gonna. They're gonna disappear, and they're just gonna be that one part of history that um, nobody would want to remember. 
True, true. And I totally agree, you know. But, you know, talking about all these rappers and, you know, we've been dropping a few names. Who are some of your role models in terms of the professional scene or, like, the celebrity scene that, you know, you try to kind of have your style flow in the same way or, like, you take inspiration out of? Who are some of your favorite rappers or other inspirations in your music? So if I would if I would give a top five, um, that's actually hard. But uh, if I would say a top five, I would of course have the two biggest one in my opinion right now, would be J Cole and Kendrick. So that a lot of people right see see them as the best. Mm-hmm. Um, Joyner Lucas in his earlier times, uh, way before all of this, I'm not racist thing came out. Right, I was right. I was already a big fan of Joyner Lucas. The technical skills is insane, and um, up till now I still try to get that cadence of Biggie, of course. And um, the guy that actually got me started with rapping is Dumbfounded. That hey, okay, yeah. ate some Asian flavor there. Yeah, mm. so he was he uh, the first because I, I used to be a, a metal guy, so I, I I used to play a lot of metals <laughs> and rock, and. Um, when I start up, uh, the very first song that I actually covered, that is a rap song, was a dumbfounded song. So it all okay. started from there. Um, it started from covering um, until I just started writing on my own. Nice, nice. And um, what made you want to transition into like stopping doing covers? And then was it really like that whole thing that you went through, you know, like, being in a not so great place that you just wanted to put pen to paper and write your own music or was there other things that were coming in that like you know i should really write music um a lot of people told me like was telling me that um you need to start writing your own stuff because you sound good but you just need to write your own things and uh that was really not the reason why i did it it's it's because of that what you said is i just needed to have an outlet to say what i had to say and it just went from there and after i went through that hard time you know like with that drug addiction um that was the one thing that stuck i mean i had a difficult time writing out of all of that substance but um i picked it back up again and i don't know i never looked back since nice nice so let's step away from music a little bit now and you know uh you did talk about um your instagram and how you have a lot of your, you know, like your Spotify's link there and everything else. But I did see something there and you have other hobbies as well. So maybe talk about a little bit about the photography that you do and, you know, your other projects and other hobbies that you have. Yeah, so um, I've always been into anything creative, really. Uh, back then, I was doing like uh, part-time for wedding videography, photography. You know, I was really into that. I actually really wanted to go to film school. But, you know, like financial situation, I couldn't make that happen. So I just decided to do it on my own. Um, I went videography. I bought a camera and started learning a lot on that. And then um, I stopped recently. No, like I, I stopped for a few years and only recently, probably the start of 2020. That's actually okay. not recently. It feels recently. A year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> this whole year has been a blur, really. But um, what year? <laughs> yeah, and um, so I started doing film photography, and I I really got into film for some reason, and I started off with this little lamography camera, and uh, after 
I don't know. It's just, it gave me a different sense of joy of not knowing what's happening with your photo and seeing it three, four months later after you, you get it developed. It's just, mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something about that. So I went on, I tend to go crazy on things. So I started with that little camera and now I got five different okay. <laughs> formats, different type of things. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just do it every now and then. Like right now, I'm so concentrated on other things. But uh, every right. now and then I do some photography if I could, if I can, I mean. Um, nice. And I also do a lot of uh, events because um, I, I don't know why. It's just something that I've always had when I was younger. It's just I like to put on a party. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just and something. A in lot there. of those too. <laughs> yeah, it's just something about it. So uh, what I do is I just I, I met this group that um, uh, we call ourselves the Darkroom Perfume. And um, we just do a lot of parties uh, that has to do with music. It's everything music still. But um, I guess organizing things and running things is a hobby and a profession for me for some reason. Because my main job is just, I'm a stage manager at the House of Dancing Water, so it's uh, it's a whole show and stuff like that. But outside of it, I do the same thing just because I actually really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. So for all our listeners out there who's curious about what the House of Dancing Water is, um, just in case you've never been to Macau or you've never researched about Macau, it's one of those um, like if you guys think of Cirque du Soleil, it's like a competitor of that. And I've oh. seen the show like two or three times and it's fucking amazing um i'm not sure like jr maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong but i know it's not operational now because of the whole covid situation but um when it does come back up and i really hope it does come back up it's absolutely amazing uh a little bit of a spoiler right now just think about a stage that becomes like i don't know how many feet probably like a 20 foot pool or something like that it's seven Damn. meters Seven meters, yeah, so yeah. seven meter foot, uh, seven meter pool, and you guys, you got people jumping down from the rafters and diving into the pool. It's fucking crazy, dude! It's insane. Yeah, I actually never watched the show before I joined it. <laughs> oh I, yeah, I when I got the job, that's the only time I actually started watching the show, and I was mind blown. I was like, "How in the hell am I gonna work here? <laughs> how, how am I gonna?" how will i learn all of these things because you know like a normal show you will have like a hundred people cast and crew you know like even those touring Cirque du Soleil you'll only have that much but with mm -hmm. us you got 300 plus staff mm -hmm. uh, cast and crew just to make it happen and you need at least two uh, around 200 people to run a show right so it just gives you an idea like um other shows that i go to they would have normally two three stage managers to run the show but the size of our show, we have seven just to make Damn. it work. So it's, it's a lot. But um, it, it will be coming back. It's just we're waiting for all this COVID thing to happen because, you know, it does cost a lot to run a show. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, we'll definitely be back. We're just waiting for everything to settle down. And we're going to rehire, recreate. And it should be really exciting because um, we're also going to reimagine the show. So it's going to be a Ooh. different show. Oh, nice, nice. So I, I get to watch it again eventually. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, so you kind of touched on it a little bit already, JR, but um, you talked about darkroom perfume. So, what exactly, like, yes, you guys do your events and everything, but, you know, 
um tell tell our listeners you know how are you guys different from these other groups that you know go out and perform and you know like what makes you guys different um well for us uh number one uh we we are six people in our in our crew so all of us are some sort of uh creative so um we have three djs one singer me as a rapper and my wife who's a dancer um oh, so damn. So we're all like all different type of entertainment people. So right. one of one of the things, you know, like Macau, there there is a nightlife, but there's there's a very small. You you either have one or one one of. I can't even speak right now. You you <laughs> either have cubic or you either have D three or D two. You know, like over on Macau right. side. So um, so it's easy to forget other genres because these clubs are, of course, they need to be catering to the high rollers on what they want to listen to and stuff like that which is understandable but we just wanted to do something different uh one of the things that are, that have uh, that that is being forgotten is the old r&bs and hip-hop and, right uh, yeah the uh, I, we just realized actually when we put together our crew a lot of people still enjoy that type of music from ranging from like your 14 year olds up to 40 plus 50 plus they still right. listen to that shit. So we wanted to create events that um, that would resonate with people because it's something they listen to as a kid, you know, like growing up. And um, one of our main motto is we take care of our artists because um, us being artists, we have been treated pretty badly, even in Macau or outside of Macau, just because we're just the people, to them, we're just the people who plays. But um, right. what we want to do is we want to make sure that our artists are paid right, they're treated well, and because um, when they're happy, they're going to bring their crowd, and their crowd, are, uh, they're going to be happy, and the event becomes better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's always good to have whoever's working on that event happy, and everybody enjoys. You know, it becomes something Very good. True. So that's our main thing is... Uh, um artist appreciation <laughs> yeah and i think some people also tend to forget that um you know for especially for you guys this is your profession so mm-hmm. there, there's a bunch of like places who try to book you know um performances for gigs and everything and they they don't really pay their uh you know their talent very well because to them it's just you know their talent yeah. but then like in the bigger spectrum of things it's like you know this is your job you do this for a living and you know you need to be able to put food on the table pay your bills so you know it's kind of cool like you guys started this what like last year i think yeah. right beginning we just actually had our anniversary we're gonna have our anniversary show next month um but yeah it's just been a year actually yeah and you know like especially seeing um your instagram and everything especially with darkroom perfume you know like all the events you show they look like they're always sold out and you know it's a big range of people like you were saying it's not just you and your homies who just pull up into a you know a bar or a club and hang out it's your homies and then ticket sales and then you see walks of different life and different age groups and everything and you know, it's kind of cool to have that movement because I remember growing up in Macau and I'm like, 
fuck, the only time I learn about new music is every time I go back to the Philippines and I turn on the radio. You know what I mean? Like we yeah, didn't exactly. really have that we didn't really have that um access to like western music or even like Asian rap because well for me number one I never listened to the radio in Macau cuz I couldn't pick mm-hmm. a station that I could understand. And number two, like, unless you're watching something on MTV, which is usually top 40 shit, you're not really listening to anything that's, you know, underground or indie or something that's coming up that you could have learned of, like, for example, here in the Philippines, you know, like the indie music here is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we didn't have that luxury in Macau. Yeah. And right now, to be honest, like, uh, I, I don't usually have time to research. So I still don't have that luxury of knowing underground bands or indie bands in the Philippines. And I would love to, but it's just, it's not as accessible as the rest of the world, you know, like or, or in, in the Philippines, you know? Yeah. True, true. true. I mean, it, like technology's kind of helped out a little bit, right? But yeah, uh, compared to still like you, it, you need to know where to look either. So, yeah. Yeah, that, and I don't know where to look. I really don't. So I, I just, you know, uh, I after all of this, actually, I really want to travel again. You know, like that's one of the first things I want to do because I love traveling. Right. Uh, and uh, one of the things I want to do is whenever I go to a place, I really want to look for those places where just people just come and jam and do whatever they want and music that... You won't see in these high-end clubs and bars, you know? Like, that's the type mm-hmm. of shit. Like, a hole-in-the-wall type of thing where you have one speaker and just trying to share what you got. That's the type of thing I really want to see. So, um, mm-hmm. next time I travel, my my goal will definitely be music-related. Nice. So I, I really want to go to New York and see Ooh. the underground scene there because that's the melting pot of music, if you really think about it. I mean, Absolutely. of course, you, you got LA, you got all these places, but New York is smaller in a way, and it's so concentrated that you will find something in every corner. Yeah. Yeah. After all this COVID thing, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Man, so uh, in the whole grand scheme of things, um, you kind of talked about, you know, uh, having your artists taken care of, right? That's one thing. What other messages does you know, the whole group of Darkroom Perfume try to, you know, try to send. What do they want to, what do you and your, you know, your group in Darkroom Perfume want to be known for? We just, to be honest, uh, we just want to be known for uh, a good time, really. That's that's all we really want to do because um, money does not, it doesn't matter to us because we all have our jobs outside of Darkroom Perfume. Like, okay. We have our own jobs. Like I, I, I rap and I do. I MC in clubs every now and then, and I also have um, my my day job. Plus, I also sometimes you know help out with friends with like video production and things like that. You know, like money is not a thing. You know, this is something we do to enjoy. So mm-hmm. that's all we really want it to be. We really just want it to be something that people can go to and and just expect to have fun, listen to new music because. We don't take requests. That's number one. We never okay. take requests. We never play what you think you want to hear that night, you know, like, or mm-hmm. what's in the top 40s. Usually when it's in the top 40s, we tend to not play it. Okay. And um, it's, I don't know. It's just, 
something for people to go to really and have fun because that's what we want to do as well nice and uh one thing i noticed also with um you know the content that you guys post on your instagram is that uh darkroom perfume seems to be very diverse you know like uh, i'm i'm not sure if all of them are part of the app like the core group of darkroom perfume but i know you guys do features with other artists around around macau and everything but it seems like you guys have you know um just a whole line of different people different um different artists from different countries and how does that you know how does that change the whole aspect of music in terms of what you guys are doing because um for example uh we we usually stick to a certain type of genre so uh inside just inside of our group we're already very diverse when it comes to that you know like one of our djs is more into you know those r&b edits and old school stuff i mean this guy still has vinyls with him his name oh. is Rockley. like he still uses vinyls. Nice. he still buys vinyls and the and he can also actually pull off a set without a computer just vinyls so that's nice. like Damn. so he he's really into the djing like it's core you know, like it's core. He's really like into the art it. form. The art form, and then we have like, for example, Fred, who's more on that reggae Afro beats, and he's Ooh. actually open for some big names in Hong Kong and even back in Portugal. And uh, we got Ted, who's a Filipino. Uh, he also traveled a lot. He's more on house EDM. I don't not EDM, but more on Oops. house music. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you, you got Rita, who's very soulful R and B. And then nice. um, my wife, and uh, yeah, my wife who's a dancer, and her main is contemporary and jazz. So like we're uh, very, we're very diverse already in the group. So whenever we make an event, we just decide what, how, like what kind of idea are we gonna go with, and then we're gonna yeah. take it from there. Cause uh, yeah, cause I was also a musician for ten years, yeah. and. Uh, with being a musician you meet a lot of different singers musicians and producers and stuff like that so we have a list of people that we want to put on we're just waiting for the right event to put them on so that's why um you will see in the future that we will we we are putting out more we are for 2021 we have bigger plans different plans because you know like parties now are popping left and right and you need to stand out in a way so we have big right. plans. I'm not sure if I can say it, but we do have big plans. Nice. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep that we'll keep that for them to check out on your Instagram. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, you know, like with everything that you guys have done in 2020 when everything was pretty I think correct me if I'm wrong, JR, but it seems like you guys were the first group to actually, you know, start putting up uh events once things in Macau started to kind of lighten up. Yeah. It's actually we started. That's aside from like the the big clubs and everything, yeah. but like the smaller parties and everything. Yeah. Um. Uh, to be honest, like I got invited to it. I I didn't necessarily uh, start from the like from conception with them. Uh, I just got invited to perform for their very first event, and okay. uh, I was kind of at that time. I was very careful because you know with COVID, I don't go out. I stay inside, and you know like thinking of a. I have to go out and perform in front of people in a small space with like people not wearing masks and stuff. Um, But 
for some reason we timed it perfectly. I think that's what made us become a little bit um known is because we were the first ones there uh, to do it. Right. When nobody was doing it and that's why we would we started off in this little venue that they told us maximum 50 people. Okay. And we we would clock 90 people <laughs> during the night, you know. Sometimes you can't even breathe in there anymore, but they which is funny cuz the bar's name is Breathers. Oh but, my gosh, uh, <laughs> dude! You can't breathe in there. It's too, too packed. Right. But people, people still enjoy it, and for some reason, it it started this thing with us. And when I did my gig with them, I had so much fun, just because people who are there are there to listen. They're right. not there to party like crazy, getting drunk and stuff. People are there to listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's not like in clubs where you you got your your creeps at the sides. You you got your, you know, like you got your ballers out here like trying to impress people. Like it's all different types of things. But with us, it's just listening to music. So I think that's what made us known, and I think it's what started that whole wave of events that came out. Nice, you got now, the aficionados. <laughs> yeah, because now you got four different groups if I'm not mistaken, that are also putting out music, like right. events. So if anything, though, we're really happy that happened because we, we don't want to just keep running it. We want to we wanna enjoy it sometimes. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we want to go out and, you know, not worry about the night. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that kept me somewhat sane in this 2020 not traveling bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got I got a question for you, Jr. Uh, something that you know I've always wanted to really find out. Um, what are the difference between the different forms of rap? And when I say different forms, you know, you have the performance rap, you have the battle rap, and then you have the freestylers. And so, the mumble rap, and them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, like um, take us through the different intricacies, you know, between performance, battle, and freestyle rap. Um, okay, so uh, performance battle. I'm I'm actually not very well. I don't know much about um, battling. I don't battle just because I'm a hot-headed guy, and you know, like I I can throw a lot of heat, but I can't take even if it's a tap, and I'll just lose my shit. So I I decided I decided to not put myself in that position. But um, what I like about battle rapping is um, depending on what kind of style you're doing it and if you have a beat or if you don't have a beat, like flip top. Right. Know, I used oh, to, yeah. Watch that a lot. You know, like I, I, I like, yeah. yeah, I like seeing, how do you call this, um, creativity and just smart lyrics because without a beat, you, you, it's limitless. You can do yeah. whatever you want. You can do it at any speed you want. And, you know, it's up to you and how you want to do it. And most of the time, it's pre-written, which is fine. Because, in my opinion, uh, you can be the greatest freestyler, but anybody who writes would still come out with better lyrics than when you try and do it on the spot. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, yeah, a freestyle is actually, to me, freestyling is just something you do for fun. When you're around okay. friends, you know, like... But you know there are free there there are freaks when it comes to freestyling like this guy who oh, yeah. um who's this who, there was this guy this uh American dude I forgot his name Mac something something Mac. with a Mac not not Macklemore <laughs> not not Macklemore uh, I think yeah, he's a, a YouTuber uh, oh 
yeah, he does this Omegle thing where he he goes on Omegle and um, he freestyles for people. But oh. one of the things I've seen from him was he was literally outside this building. People were lining up. There was this huge line of people. And he just put on a beat on his little speaker and started walking down that line and freestyling to the people that he's... Harry Mack? Harry Mack. Yeah, that's the Harry. one. Yeah. And he's really good. Like, you he's, uh, this guy's... Uh, yeah. This guy's on a different level, in my opinion. Was he like walking down the line, dissing people as he saw him to a beat or something? No, he no, he's not dissing necessarily, but he's using what he's seeing, and he's he he talks about what they're wearing, and then he talks about how they react. And there was this guy who reacted and walked into the door, and he literally used that on on his rhyme. It's it's insane. If you if you have time, you should actually watch it. And yeah, we'll um, probably check and the, that out. In the Omega one, he asks asks people like you know, give me three words, random words, and I'll make a freestyle for you. And um, Jay, I don't know if you know you know Jay, so Jay Cuevas. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he actually was in one of those videos. Like he he they were in Omega and and Harry Mack was there. It's oh, crazy. Yeah, I think I think it's episode three. I I don't know which one it is, but he he is in one of those, and that's. Uh. Shout out to Jay if you're listening, man. Uh, maybe we'll have you on the pod as well. Uh, he actually um, helped my brother do his first live performance mm-hmm. in Macau. And yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. Yeah, but, yeah. but dude, it's crazy like how the you know whole hip hop scene is now. Cause I remember, I mean, ever since you know Club Cubic basically had one night where you could actually enjoy old school music you know like um their hip-hop night right yeah and that was like you had to be there pretty much every week to to really enjoy and you know like get some sort of resemblance to what you guys are doing now yeah but with what you guys are doing and you know like i think jay has his own like group that he rolls with right yeah lotus hill shout out to them so yeah so they have their group and they're doing the same thing and then you know they've got like you said there's probably three or four now in in macau who are doing the same thing you know the hip-hop scene and the rap scene in in macau is starting to get bigger and i think that's a very welcoming site especially with like well for me it's like close to 15 years of just not having any like decent music coming out from performances not to say that like the djs are crap like, i love the djs you know like dj atl dj tricks mm-hmm. like they're amazing djs but then like you said they do have to cater to the crowd who are always there yeah. right so, so uh, yeah go ahead yeah, there's, request. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's actually there's a right now there was uh, i was doing a lot of hip-hop you know i was doing a lot of shows here and stuff and uh, there was randomly somebody who invited me to a show and he said it's more of a local scene. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because I don't know that existed. Right. So I went and I swear to God, there were 20 people on that show, that performers. Wow. 20, 20 performers in that show. And they were all like Chinese rappers. It was a wow. whole lot of them. There's more and more that's popping out. There's groups, there's solo artists, there's little uh, labels that's popping off left and left, right and center, and you know it's actually 
it's it's getting bigger than what people think it is because you know the, you got us and other groups making stuff but even at the local side which we're having a hard time to break into because of course language right here but um they actually have something going on for them you know like so i've i've performed there a lot of times and they welcomed me with open arms and it was it was really cool it's really cool to see and uh right now i'm trying to make a bridge between macau and hong kong when it comes to hip-hop so i have been in the works with some some known names in hong kong which i i, I want to just keep that uh for later you know um but just so i can finally put a bridge between us so we can actually help each other out you know because you know in hong kong hip-hop is big you you see them you see the labels signing hip-hop artists now you know hype beast putting out these ciphers you know so i feel like that'll be that could be something where people in macau will have access to shows to uh, shows outside you know rappers musicians outside so they can collaborate and things like that because back then when i started it was so difficult it was like almost impossible to get shows or even people to listen you know and i had to go to hong kong my first ever live performance as a rapper was in hong kong i did a few there (laughs) yeah i did a few there until they they took notice here and then they started taking me here so I don't want go. that to happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, because that kills talents, you know. I've seen a lot of talents here that just, that, that died down just because they didn't have the platform. And they mm-hmm. you know, gave up on their art. Yeah, because we, we have a lot of good, you know, potential here, but it just doesn't grow because, for example, for me, I don't have a group of rappers that I hang out with. All the mm-hmm. people I hang out with are dancers or, or um, how do you call it? Acrobats and other things. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, because of where you work, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> not ne- not necessarily a place where I can grow. You know, like I have to grow mm-hmm. my ra- rapping on my own, which is actually hard because nobody's there to push me. Right. So I can't really grow that well. So I, I just want it to happen where you, people will have this community in hip hop. They help each other out, and then maybe somehow go to hong kong and 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 try and start there and maybe hopefully go into china because there are a lot of um opportunities in china because hip-hop is huge in china right now hey mm-hmm. you just had a dojo there right mm, yeah so. yeah and they the higher brothers are there you know i was supposed to go to china to do a few shows but then you know covid it happened yeah. yeah so what you're saying is like the one of the major issues really is that your local uh, hip hop or even music scene in general or indies and kind of up and comers is more of that that net net that sort of that network and creating that community. Mm, yeah, that's interesting because like be, be, yeah, like you're saying, so that's something super necessary even for anything like sports or business or anything that's super necessary to be able to get to grow is to have that network, right? So that's good. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Like if you guys somehow are able to set up something like that, or if anybody listening is set up some sort of network or community community in that area or in the in the macau area or even the philippines and like that anywhere local type of type of scenes and i think like you're saying it might like you know to your benefit and to your from your words that it would grow from that point right 
Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I, I think it's happening. It's, it's starting to happen. But, you know, yeah. there's, this, there's this thing in Macau where um, if one person does something instead of, and you do the same instead of coming together, yeah. you end up competing. Right. You end up, uh, you end up competing, and it turns into bad blood. It turns into a bunch of shit that it doesn't doesn't have to happen, you know. Right. Instead of trying to help each other out, we tend to bring each other down just mm -hmm. so we can come out on top. And I, at one point, you know, like a few years ago, I I am guilty of that just because you know I I really grew up in that Macau mind state, man. Like. So uh, I, I, of course, then, you know, like a part of growing as a human being is checking yourself. And I, I, I noticed that happened. And now all I want to do is try and, and leave something. Because at one point I am leaving. You know, Macau is my home and everything. But, you know, um, I want to I wanna, I wanna make sure that my wife is close to her family. So we might move out to Australia. Ooh. But before I leave, I want to leave something like that for Macau. If I don't leave Macau as a... Uh, like blow uh, like if i don't blow up and use uh bring macau with me and you know when i if fuck i, I i'm losing my train of thought <laughs> what i'm saying is like if i can't blow up and bring macau up outside of macau you know like it, yeah yeah i would leave something here for the people to be able to achieve that because you know yeah I, i'm being realistic where even if i love doing what i'm doing i might never make it anywhere and I just want to leave a dent, and that's how I want to leave it. I want to, I want to give things for people to grow on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much get get the ball rolling, more mm -hmm. or less, right? Like, I mean, and it it seems like it's working. You know, like like you said, it's only been a year uh, since Dark Room Perfume started, and you know, you've been uh, performing like even way before Dark Room Perfume, and you know, just to see from there and now this whole movement and a bunch of other groups starting to come up um it's kind of crazy you know like the ball is rolling and it seems like it's not gonna stop anytime soon and like you said you do have your your projects and everything coming up you talked about bridging macau and hong kong but how about bridging macau and the philippines man yes <laughs> You see, uh, that's one of the things that I don't know how to do just because I don't know anyone in the Philippines that could. I, I, I've always wanted to maybe try and see if maybe if my music will do okay there. But I literally don't know where to start. I have no <laughs> clue whatsoever how to start. And so for some reason, I kind of just concentrated on trying to make it, make my name like bring my name into hong kong mm -hmm. and um i don't know i've never thought of philippines and i really want to it's just i don't know how to <laughs> well from the bunch of musicians that i talk to like you know the ones who perform in like basically what you guys do, you know performing in bars uh some clubs and everything they just book gigs the same way you know like they'll go in and audition like if there is an audition and some uh some what's it called like, you know, those open mic bars and everything? Like, a lot of the time, I, I hear from the resident um, resident uh, musician, like, he's either a guitarist or someone who has, like, a MIDI track, you know, like, just mm -hmm. to play music along. They always say, like, yeah, we just joined the open mic one day, and then they're like, oh, do you want, like, to just come here every week? And then it just built from there. 
So maybe, man, maybe once all this shit and once COVID gone, hopefully soon, you know, can drop by and maybe start performing yeah. too. Definitely. Yeah, I, I really want to go back to the Philippines just because I do actually plan to uh, invest in some real estate there before I leave. Nice. And, um, so I will be back for sure. And of course, um, the wife re- really wants to learn our, uh, our, our cu- culture back there. She's learning Tagalog, actually. She's getting pretty Ooh. okay at it. You know, like she, she only knows English. And so learning Tagalog is a big thing for her. And it, I really appreciate that. And she's really trying to embrace that Filipino culture. Matter of nice. fact, she said that she wants to make sure our kids know how to speak at least Tagalog and English. There you go. But can I have a question though? The, can she say nakakapagpapagabang? <laughs> no, I, I actually tried. I, I tried to tell her, but she can't. Like, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah, the cockroach of the chinelas yet? Yeah, I've, I've I've given her all the lowdown on our culture with the chinelas, with the pulutan, <laughs> with all that. She knows that she drinks Filipino style now too. Yo, so she, she, picked that, she picked that up. I mean, she's still learning how to survive it, but she's doing pretty well, I think. Sometimes, like, I wouldn't be able to handle it, and she's okay. So nice. You got her on that MP lights, bro. Yeah, the red horse. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's not a beer person, though, but like, you oh. know, um, but uh, MP, she definitely drinks there that. You go. There you go. Actually, what we do now is fundador light. That's what we drink nowadays. I don't know okay. wh- how that started. But hmm. it, it did. So she drinks that too. But even if we drink Jack or whatever, we do Filipino style drinking, she'll drink nice. along with us. There you go. There you go. That's it, man. Once you drink with a Pinoy, there's no going back. <laughs> exactly. Dude, like um, there are artists in uh, House of Dancing Water who never have like tried that way of drinking. And they're strong drinkers. They're crazy right. drinkers. But, but when they try it, they're... <laughs> <laughs> It's a different. When they ask me, this the basically I just say you take a shot every five minutes. That's that's basically pretty much, pretty much. That's pretty much how it goes. We don't drink to make it alcohol. Yeah, just swimming. We don't drink to just chill or you know like have a beer. Nobody mm-hmm. has a, a beer. You know, in the Philippines, yeah. like, you're gonna have a beer. You're gonna buy like you know, five cases of red uh, red horse. You know, mucho. Yeah, you know, one yeah. liter bottles. Yeah, and you drink it in shots too. That's the funny part. You're drinking beer and you're doing it in shots. Like even passing the cup around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. passing <laughs> the cup around like bottoms up. <laughs> exactly, and you gotta like, basically drink and drink until you feel that you'll that the next day you'll need the dialysis machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was doing last night. Actually, I got pretty drunk because uh, uh-huh. I, I I just recently formed a band because we're trying to like band that could play along with me because yeah, i'm Ooh. getting sick of just playing my tracks in the background and rapping to it so now i'll have a band with me and last night we were here like our first meeting together and nice. um went a little out of control. Of, uh, out yeah out a little bit a little bit <laughs> out of control i was uh, i was talking to my wife in bed afterwards and my eyes were just closed the whole time oh man and she cooked my fat ass some megaring nice it was the best thing. Best hangover or like best drunk food. Yeah, bro. It's it's all about that. I mean, R.I.P. to uh to that lady who made it, but you know, like it's it, that's my shit since high school, 7-Eleven, you know? 
<laughs> you're on a budget, you don't got money, you go to 7-Eleven, you get some of that megarang. And there if you, you got go. extra money to spend, siomai. Put a little bit of siomai fishball in there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Well, JR, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're going to put down a teaser track for all of you guys to kind of get a taste of what JR has to offer. But if you want to listen to more of his music, more of his tracks, and just see what he's up to, JR, where can they find you once again? So uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram. Just go at who is jrd but if you got spotify uh soundcloud or apple music or any other streaming um platforms you can just search jrd and you'll probably see my ugly ass face in the icon just click <laughs> to it just don't look at the photo and just try and listen <laughs> and i swear i sound different when i rap i sound weird when i talk but i, I i'm different when I rap. there you go there you go oh uh, so- yeah Instead of, uh, so yeah, guys, instead of uh, our usual out music for our pod tonight, we're going to be giving you guys a, of, uh, a teaser from JRD and, and from his upcoming stuff. So listen up for that, right? Absolutely. So thank you, everyone, for listening once again. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Boozy Bros. We're always here. We're always listening to you. If you guys have something to say or if you want to join the conversation, Make sure you hit us up at theboozybrospod at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on our Twitter and Instagram at boozybros or send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash boozybros. You can also hit me and mix up on our personal Instagrams. If you want to join, just let us know, slide into our DMs. And yeah, thank you so much for your support. Thank you for joining us every week. And with that, cheers and have a good night. Cheers. Cheers. Ching, ching. I'm feeling the vibe, I'm feeling the flow. I see in the eye, she ready to go. I'm feeling the high, they're giving me more. I'm building the grind, I'm building the more. I'm feeling the vibe, I'm feeling the flow. I see in the eye, she ready to go. I'm feeling the high, they're giving me more. I'm building the grind, they're building the more.